I'm Michelle Mendoza, helping you to find your voice. When I first set up my podcast, I had to set up a business as well to protect my assets, to protect me from overtaxation. So I went to the experts. I went to the Boom X Show. Daryl Tuttle, host of the Boom X Show, walked me through the process. And now you get to listen. Are you a new business person wondering how to structure your business to protect your assets, reduce taxation? If so, we've got the perfect episode for you today. There are indeed laws of money. Now, when I use that term money, of course, I'm just referring to wealth. Limited liability companies, S-corporations, C-corporations, partnerships, you've heard these terms before, but it all refers to business entities that are authorized by law that offer advantages and disadvantages depending upon circumstances. Choosing the correct business entity is one of the most important decisions a young business owner can make, for sure. But before we get started on this very important topic, I want to make a shout out to our sponsor. We are experiencing the longest bull market in history. Is it over or is it just beginning? Do you feel like you are missing out because you don't know or even care to dive into the details of the financial markets? If so, wouldn't it be helpful to find a trusted advisor to guide you and help you build true family wealth? Finding a financial advisor is difficult. That is why so few have help managing their wealth. If you are a Boomix listener, you know I am skeptical about the financial services industry. That's why I'm excited to direct your attention to Shane Kloniger. Shane is the only advisor I currently refer clients to. Shane has decades of experience in help his clients build, grow, and protect their family's wealth. He's highly skilled and understands tax harvesting, a necessary skill in these tax-obsessed times. More importantly, Shane does not say no to people who are not rich enough, and he does not charge excessive fees, common, so common, in the financial world. Shane is the founding and managing partner of SC Financial Group. I have allowed Shane to sponsor the BoomX show because I believe in him and his services. As part of his sponsorship, he has offered a free financial plan to BoomXers. Astounding, I know. Click the link below, fill out a simple form, and Shane will send you a free plan that maps out your retirement cash flow. This will help you understand your money and give you a clear path towards a secure retirement and family wealth that will last generations. Click the link below and receive your free BoomX retirement plan from Shane Kloniger now. Okay, welcome back. We I have a great episode for you today. I'm really excited to have on the show uh, a good friend of mine and a young business person. Welcome to the show, M- Michelle Mendoza. Thank you, Daryl. What is the name of your podcast? It's called My Michelle Live, and okay. I have been in radio as a talk show host for many years. Well, podcasting is really the wave of the future. Radio is subtly dying. Uh, the money just isn't there as it used to be. The days of Wolfman Jack and uh, you know the even Rush Limbaugh, love him or hate him, are gone. So podcasting opens up the world, but as I realize, it's more than just taking my talent on the air and suddenly starting a podcast. I'm starting a business. That's right. Now, do you have any background in business? No. 
None. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've interviewed business people as a talk that show doesn't host. Count. Does that count? That doesn't, no, it doesn't count. <laughs> I'm practically an expert now. Yeah. And so uh, you've always had a wage. I mean, a W-2 check coming to your... Always. Always, okay. Yeah. And then November of 2020, as if the pandemic wasn't enough, I decided I'm done with all of this. I'm doing it on my own. Man, that's brave. Okay. you know, Or stupid. No, we'll it's see. brave. It's brave. You're going to do great. Um, you've got the talent, but we need to set you up correctly. What are, what steps have you taken so far? Um, young business people um, get excited about their vision. And the first thing they often do is set up a web page and they get a logo and they choose the colors for the web page. And that's exciting. Uh, it seems to me that too often setting up the business entity is step number five, six, seven, eight, and so, in some cases, never. So you want to know what I've done? Yeah, exactly. So I set up a web page. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the colors and then the logo. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, I, and really, it was about me uh, being able, knowing that I could go through the steps, get the equipment that I needed. And so you're right. The business side of it was way down the road it was it's not as sexy as oh okay i beg your pardon (laughs) right here what is sexier than the law well uh the colors and the website and the logo (laughs) you know oh it's horrible okay so uh i'm kind of curious what what uh it sounds like you haven't really even what what do you know like when you hear these terms like llc or s corp or business entity Help me understand. What like do I hear? I and this is why this is going to be so. Don't say wah, wah, wah. Yes, no. I, I was going to say, well, you know, but yeah. remember uh, Charlie Brown? Yeah. Went, wah, wah, wah. And that's literally what I hear, and that's why I think it's so helpful for other people. Whether you're podcasting and starting your own your own venture that way, or you're starting your own business in your own hometown, right. where when you have the idea and the passion, that's where it's at. You start a restaurant. I'm a great cook. I want to bring my food to the world. You are not thinking about the acronyms that you just threw at me. That okay. You're not doing right. that. Yeah, exactly. Well, what about, um, like, what do you think would be the advantage, if any, to forming your business? Well, by the way, I'm kind of curious. Have you um, gone so far as to register any sort of business with the State Department of Revenue in in your home state? Not at all. No, the only thing I've done is move my radio, terrestrial radio program to a podcast format, set up, literally set up the website, as we said, get the equipment, uh, schedule the interviews, and start doing it. I just have been doing it. Now it's time for me to sit back and say, wow, you know, I want to make money from this. I want to have affiliates. I want to have sponsors. And then... Expand, like maybe online academy and courses and and whatnot. I mean, you're not doing it for charity or a hobby. You want to make money. Right. Okay. But even with the charity, I'll be take I'd be taking in donations. And right. so that's where you have to figure out, okay, what are my steps? Now right. I'm serious. Now I'm a business. Yeah, that's right. And it doesn't even matter if you've registered, you still have a legal obligation to comply with the law in your state. For example, registered agent. If you are going to conduct business of any type, you are required to register with the state in which you are located. There's no exception to that in all 50 states. And so if you have not registered, you are not in compliance. Um, Of course, the government gives leeway because there's a lot of people that just do not know. 
um, one requirement is to have a registered agent that's listed with the state of Washington. So in the event that you um, breach a contract or commit some kind of negligence that results in injury to another person, the um, injured person can find you to file a lawsuit against you. And so that's just like litigation. Um, now, a podcast probably has very low or no risk of lawsuit. Yeah, I don't think anyone's right. going to you know trip and fall right. over the microphone as they're how, how, you know, however, across um, the world, maybe. <clears throat> yeah, I think a lot of people, when they think about lawsuits, they think about slip and fall, like injury type of lawsuits. Well, of course. However, just think about um, a breach of contract. Like contract disputes are very common, and if you become successful in business, eventually you might um, make a promise to somebody pursuant to a contract, and they maybe think, "I didn't." I, uh, Michelle's in breach. She didn't um, deliver the value benefit uh, proposition that she promised in the contract. Do you have any? Um, you haven't gotten that far, but when you have a guest on or an affiliate or a sponsor, of course, you want to have a written agreement, right? Now, if they feel like they have not, um, that they have a cause of action, where do they, how do they find you to sue you? Now, that's why every government, state government, has this requirement of a registered agent. Follow me? Yes, I do. Okay. Now, <clears throat> um, different states have different rules about taxation. Some states have a business income tax, essentially. They might call it a business and occupation tax or um, an, in an income tax. Other states do not have an income tax for businesses. It's be, uh, clearly, it would be better to be in a state with no income tax for a business than one without. Another type of tax is sales tax. So digital material, like you're selling streaming podcasts, and you're all, but you're also selling like an online academy is considered a digital good in some states. What state are you in? I'm in the state of Washington. Okay, so state of... <laughs> I'm right now the state of confusion. <laughs> state of confusion. How's the taxation there, right. buddy? <laughs> okay, so, so think about it. Washington is... Yes, more, I just snorted. Yeah. Me. <laughs> it's okay. That's why we have editors. That's right. You just that out. <laughs> You're not taking yeah. it out, are you? No, it comes uh -uh. out. Uh, but Washington is one of the worst states to be in um, because it has both... An You're a ray of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> That nervous, that laugh you heard is just like when you get really bad news, yeah. <laughs> you just got to laugh. Just, I mean, at some point, taxation is so ridiculous. That, but Washington is one of the worst states for business because it has a, a business income tax. They call it a business, um, business and occupation tax. But every business in the state of Washington has to pay a, a, a percent of their, get this, gross revenue, not, not their net. There's no deductions. So you just pay, like, how much did you make? Send it in, <laughs> sort of thing, right? But there's also a sales tax. And Washington State has a very aggressive sales tax system on digital goods. So every uh, customer that buys from you inside of the state of Washington, if you have a nexus in Washington or if the customer does, you're required to send in a sales tax, too, on that Did I say I live in Washington? I, I meant Puerto Rico. <laughs> oh, you meant Washington, yeah, D.C. Yeah, 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 that's the other way. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> well, okay, so it's funny you mentioned Puerto Rico because um, people, most people think Puerto Rico is a separate country and you have to have a passport to get there. It's not. It's a U.S. territory, as is the U.S. Virgin Islands. Those two jurisdictions have, um, you, you can run a business, pay into Social Security, and retire and receive Social Security benefits and Medicare and Medicaid and all these things that Americans get. They, um, the official language of Puerto Rico is English. Every, all the signs are in English. The currency is the American dollar, but they have a separate tax system. 
and Act 22 of Puerto Rico means that basically, um, we're not here to talk about Act 22, but you can save about 10% in tax. They have no capital gains tax, no um, property tax in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is the best place to live from a tax perspective and to run a business. That's that's good news. And, And so my question to you is how inhibiting is some of this business entities set up LLC all of these how inhibiting is that to uh, to most entrepreneurs who are idea people and enthusiastic about the product and then you get caught in the minutia how many people stop and just say I don't know if I can do this that's a very good question basically how scary is it and really can you blame me for Emphasizing the webpage and the colors and the logo. It's <laughs> a good question. question. I'm Daryl Tuttle. Welcome well, to the right. Boomex Show, Laws and Money Podcast, where we leverage the laws of business and personal wealth so that we can show members of Boomex Nation how to protect and grow their family's financial visions for three generations or more. That's right. Three generations or more. We are in this for the long game. To learn more, go to Boomex Show. That's boomexshow.com, where you can listen to prior episodes, subscribe, and have access to free and additional resources to show you how to protect your family's wealth. You can find The Boomex Show on your smartphone's podcast phone, or you can go to boomexshow.com. That's (laughs) www.boomexshow.com. We have a lot to do today. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Boomex Show. I remember when I did radio, and uh, it was uh, traffic news and weather was every five minutes, and it was I, five minutes. I could never get a thought out, and when we come back from traffic news and weather, I was like, "What was I talking about?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. So, what were we talking about? So we're talking about um, how scary and inhibiting is it to get all this right, and it's hard for me to answer that question because I'm so familiar with it, so it seems easy to me. However. Uh, what I don't like is government um, just has a lot of requirements from a lot of different agencies that all re- require not only an initial filing but annual filings. So um, there's a federal government, there's a county government, state government, county, and city. And so on the federal level, you are required to obtain a taxpayer ID number. Have you done that? No, I have not. No, I have not. I, I am looking at what steps do I need to take yeah. because really, uh, you laid it out really tr- true to form, and that's how most of us are when we're looking at a business. I'm excited about something. I set up, you know, if I'm if I'm a cook, I set up my restaurant. I write out my menu. Uh, I do the fun stuff, you know, and and I look to see can I afford this this. But then you get into these issues and. I need the steps. You need what the do step. I do? Right. Okay. I guess I, I did get too academic on you because um, this podcast is a national podcast. So some of the folks who are listening to our conversation are not located in Washington State, nor are they located in Puerto Rico. And m- most businesses, people don't have a choice. It's not as if you know that, uh, for example, Wyoming is a great jurisdiction to um, establish a business and for tax purposes, as is Alaska, as is this other state called Florida. But most people can't travel. I mean, they can't establish their business uh, in in those locations. However, if you do have a choice of um, 
the jurisdiction or the state in which you're going to form your government or, or, or your business rather, then go to taxfoundation.org. That's a great website that lays down the tax rules for each individual state. The blogs on that um, website are just, they're easy to read and they lay out, especially sales tax for online digital courses, because in some jurisdictions you will pay no, t- no sales tax. There's no requirement to pay a sales tax on that at all. Others, like Washington State, it's the worst. And the Washington State Department of Revenue is horrible. I mean, they're just very, very aggressive. So first step, I would say, is choose your jurisdiction. Now, in your case, if you do not have a choice, your second step then is to register in your state. Now, how are you going to register it? The silence you heard is uh, Michelle. <laughs> Did you hear the blink, yeah. blink, blink of the eyeballs? Yeah, that was it. Well, <laughs> doesn't translate the same on podcasting. I know. I was like, but this, you get the point. This is audio, Michelle, not video. <laughs> but, but one choice is just to be like a sole proprietor, which means you're just a person conducting business. And so, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a good idea? Well, that would have been my my. First choice. That's what yeah. I would assume that I'm doing. It's me. I'm doing this business, sole proprietor. Okay, boom. There right. it is. Okay, now th- that works. Sole proprietor actually works just fine. When you go to register for um, your business with Internal Revenue Service, the ter- they have a category for that. Like if you're doing business, you still have to report your income, right? Your business income. And there's a sole proprietor category for business with the, t- um, with the state and also with the feds. However, um, a sole proprietor does not offer two things. First, it offers no um, asset protection. In other words, you as a person are, are conducting business and your customers are people. So it's person to person. And so if there's a lawsuit or any kind of judgment or um, claim against that entity that is conducting business with a customer – it's a person. And in order to, like if you lost a lawsuit, then the um, person that won the lawsuit, your former customer, will have a judgment, a lawful judgment. That judgment will attach to you as a person. And you're personally liable to pay it. And that includes, if you're unable to pay it, then there will be an action to um, attach your personal assets to finance to pay for the debt. And so that could be... Um, your non res your real estate that's above whatever the bankruptcy limit is on a personal residence. Personal re- residence is basically protected retirement accounts if you file for bankruptcy. But you know, of course, you don't even want to get to the point where a, a creditor is suing you personally. So, how do you evaluate if that's a good choice for you? Are you looking for uh, risk? For example, mm-hmm. uh, what is the risk of lawsuit when I'm talking on the radio, you know, right. or on the on a podcast in this case? Well, people on the radio are sued um, for defamation. Like there's been lawsuits of, of people saying the wrong thing about somebody. It's becoming more and more common, actually. However, let's just say that the risk of a podcast is zero. Like you're, you're not going to be sued. Like your, your main um, objective is not asset protection. Because there's very little risk of lawsuit, and even if there was, the judgment would be small. However, earlier, um, two months ago, I uh, set up an LLC for a guy who's running snowmobiles. 
to families. I mean, like, it's not if he's going to be sued. That's a bit of yeah, risk. That's exactly. a bit more risk than, hi, I'm talking on oh, the, the ri- air uh, about, you know, how how the Patriots are going to make it to the Super Bowl right. yet again, right? Yeah. You know, so, yeah That's gotcha. exactly right. Okay. So asset protection is not really a very motivating thing about you. And running a limited liability company, I mean, there's some moving parts there. Uh, compared to being a sole proprietor, there's, it's more complicated. Not a lot, but a little bit. Concede that. Okay. Okay. Now, then the other category is how much money do you want to make as a um, podcaster? Now that, I mean, the sky would be the limit. Thank how you much, very much do you want to make? Uh, I mean, theoretically, when you own your own business, there's no cap to your income. When you are a W-2 wage earner, there is. And I think uh, it's been a while since. Um, and that's why we do it. Well, that's why you do it. Exactly right. So if you make $110,000 a year, you're in like the top 25% of wage earners. So Americans don't really make that much money in salary. And you are a podcaster because you want to make more than 120, right? And um, when you get that W-2 wage owner as an employee of a radio station, you are paying um, in individual income tax. Now, there's another kind of tax called capital gains tax. And capital gains tax is paid on dividends from ownership in a company. See the difference? Yes. One is income tax that you get through a W-2 because, you you know, you sweat in the company. And, and in exchange for that labor, you, you are um, given a check or, or, or money. The government wants part of that. And they're going to tax you according to the income tax brackets. Another type of tax is what you own in a company. Like if you own a, a share of Microsoft and it goes up, when you sell it, you got to pay something on it. So like a dividend. Now, if you're sold – proprietor everything that you make is income there's no way to call it anything but income if you form a limited liability company then really you're two things you're an employee like you're, you're making your, your income but you're also the owner of the company you, you own a share in the company if you own a share in the company you're receiving a dividend the dividends are taxed differently than income you're also not paying um, self-employment tax on a dividend whereas you are paying a self-employment tax on the income. And so as a sole proprietor, if you plan to make a lot of money, then just be prepared that everything that you make will be considered income, minus deductions for the business. But the rest of that's all income. You'll be taxed at an individual income tax rate that can be higher than the capital gains tax rate, and you're paying self-employment tax, which is like 8 or 9%, I forget. Okay. So if I'm not making very much, if I'm making, you know, 500 bucks a month and, oh, boy, struggling through, doesn't really matter. But because anyone who starts a business is saying, I'd like to make enough to live on, build a retirement, uh, buy my buy my boat and, and sail the seven seas, whatever it is your dream is, you're saying that – after a certain point, you're putting yourself into ridiculous taxable territory. I wouldn't say ridiculous. Um, I would say I think anyone who pays a tax bill. Is <laughs> <laughs> well, well, eight percent tax additional tax is is painful. I mean, like it, it's so hard to get ahead. It's so hard to run a business, and you will have to re- like give yourself a reasonable compensation, whatever podcasters make or radio people make in the nation on average let's say it's i'm making a number up let's say it's sixty-five thousand. that's your income everything above that is your profit that's like a dividend because you're a shareholder and you own the company you will pay less tax if you structure it correctly 
to do it that way. Another thing, too, is... when ah, pe- laws of money, I see. Laws of money. That's exactly right. Laws of money. It's how you tell the IRS um, how to treat you, basically. And, and what you want to tell them is, I want to be considered a person that works for a company that I own. So tax me for the dividends. At the end of the year, you'll have... Um, actually, don't do it this way, but... A teaching point is simply this. Profit comes first. It, it, this is non-legal advice. This is business advice. When you're establishing your business and money starts to pour in, pay yourself first. Like th- that, that amount is what you deserve. Paying your bills, you have to do that. But don't forget to set aside, set up a separate account. Maybe it's just a savings account. And when money comes in, take out 10% and put it in the savings account. Now, the way I do it is <clears throat> pretty much at the end of the year, what's ever left over, that's my profit, and I call that the dividend. And it, I take that out, and it's taxed at a much lower rate. Okay, and that's after you've paid yourself, after you've paid your bills. After- yeah, so I'm paying. The, mm-hmm. So I set up HR. So I my I just get a paycheck every two weeks, right? And I, and I pay myself a reasonable compensation as an attorney, which is probably higher than radio show hosts based on my years in that particular industry. Everything out else is just kind of taken out. It's like retained earnings, and it's a draw on, on the profit. Whatever's left over is what I take out, and the accumulation of, of the draws throughout the year and at the end is profit that dividend. You see what I'm saying? Yes, and, I do. And no, if you yeah, do it okay. that way, right. if you do it that way, you're going to save yourself time. Um, no, you, you'll spend a little bit more time, but save money. We've got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Hey, BoomXers. Have you heard about the new BoomX Academy? This online academy offers courses that are taught by Daryl Tuttle, host of the BoomX Show, and other educators. Many courses include a digital lesson book, video presentations, and illustrations to help you plan and live a successful retirement. To learn more, go to BoomXAcademy.com. I'm excited about the BoomX Academy. We just finished... Um, an LLC or S corporation, that's for business assets. And so the mindset that we need for you is, man, I'm a business owner now. I'm not an employee. I've got my personal assets, but I'm going to accumulate a great deal of wealth in my business. And so how can we best protect it? And so for you, I would say do not – I mean, like, if you plan to make a lot of money, there's no reason to be a sole proprietor because of the self-employment tax issue. Um, however, um, should you form as a C corp, an S corp, or a limited liability company? Blink, 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 blink. blink. <laughs> uh, well, what do you think? I mean, like, what is your impression of, like, when I say C-Corp versus S-Corp or LLC, what mental image is between the three? My mental image is size of company. You know, how many employees? Um, do I own a building? You know, right. Things of that nature. A limited liability company was formed for that exact reason because, like, 85% of businesses are small business. Um, Microsoft is a C-Corp. A, a, a leasing company with um, 120 employees, probably an S-Corp. But for us, we don't need to get to, to that complexity. We need a limited liability company. We'll do another episode. This won't be the only one we'll do. We'll do a series on this so we can help people watch you on your journey. You know, I'll help you set it up, and, and we can talk about why we chose this, that, or the other thing. But for you, 
uh, we're going to choose a limited liability company, a single member limited liability company, because we can register that. And oh, by the way, a limited liability company is the, a product of state law. It's not a product of federal law. And each state has a limited liability company statute that they enacted to make it easier for small business people to do business. The problem is the Internal Revenue Service um, does not have a separate category for limited liability company. Isn't that weird? Why is that? Because that's state law. The, the feds are like, we don't care okay. about asset okay. protection under state law. We just want our money. <laughs> and so – when you form, when you register with the feds and say, look, I'm running a business now, they're going to ask you, do you want to be taxed as a sole proprietor or do you want to be taxed as an S-corp? Actually, they don't, they don't even do that. What they require you to do is, um, so step one for you is choose your entity. That would be a limited liability company. And you have to register articles of incorporation with the state secretary of state. It's almost always the secretary of state corporations division or something similar in the 50 states. Then you're going to need to register with the state um, tax agency if there's an income tax uh, in that state. And if there's a sales tax, you still have to register that you're doing business because they want to give you a number so they can collect sales tax. Then uh, you're going to have to get a business license from your city if they require one. Most cities do, but some cities do not have a business license requirement. Some cities will also require an income tax. Tacoma, Washington, for example – Seattle, Washington, those – if you're in Seattle, they have a separate business income tax. And does that include when you are doing something like podcasting because I'm not selling goods or doing an exchange in the city. I'm doing something you know, worldwide, reaching out. It's just that that's my physical yeah. location. <laughs> yeah. The entire world's struggling with that. Um, there's a Supreme Court case that came out called the Wayfair decision in which oh. – yeah, well, because e-commerce now is all 50 states. And so if you'll notice in your subscriptions that you have, it used to be sign up, put in your credit card, 25 bucks a month. Now, what state are you in? Now it's what state are you in, and they're going to charge you something. And it's if there's a, a nexus or a connection with the state, then there's going to be um, a legal duty to pay a um, tax for that jurisdiction. Now, the thing about nexus that's weird is – it's based on the – as I read it – I mean everyone's kind of like trying to figure it out because it's an opinion that just came out. But as I read it and interpret it, it's the business connect – the business's connection to the jurisdiction. And so they look at is there an employee? Do you have an office location, a store, an employee, any kind of physical presence in the jurisdiction? Um, if so, then that's your nexus. Now, in your case, you're in Seattle, so they will take the position that you have a nexus with Seattle. We don't care where your customers are. Okay. What if you are like me? I travel the world or I travel the country, and so my nexus is in my suitcase, and I set it up wherever I happen to be and broadcast wherever I am. Well, um, then it's going to be Based upon residency. So okay, um, you, you're going to have to have a like a Washington State driver's license. That's your residency. Okay. It doesn't matter, you know. And so if you travel the world, if, if you're sincere, I mean, like if that's true, then you have the ability to view um, Seattle as a place that you stay, not your residency. And you are would have the luxury of saying maybe Puerto Rico is my residency because the tax rules in Puerto Rico are so favorable. So's the food, and the food, and the Caribbean doesn't suck. I mean, okay, right. Um, but then after you register with the city and the state, 
and um, then it's Fed's time. And what they're going to ask you to do is um, apply for an EIN, Employment Identification Number, sometimes called a Taxpayer ID Number. Now, it takes about two seconds to get that number. And they go, boom, here's your number. It's up to you to make an election. If there's one thing that you listen to, it's this. Do not forget to make your S-corporation election. you got to file a separate tax return. I'll put that in the show, show notes so you can go right to it. If I say it on the air, first of all, I won't remember it correctly, but it's Form 22-something-something-something-something. You've got to say, look, I'm an LLC. I know Internal Revenue Service. You have no idea what that is. You do, but you act like you don't. And I do not want to be taxed as a sole proprietor. I want to bifurcate this business income into two parts. I want to save that 8%. And uh, I want a capital gains tax rate, not an income tax rate, because I'm going to make a lot of money. And if you do not make that election, you're going to regret it because you're going to end up, you can try to undo it, but that, that's it. So what's the first step? Decide what my entity is going to be, which is an LLC. Perfect. Then record it. You got to tell, file it with the um, Secretary of State. Once you get that number, what's your second step? Once I get my number, I have to file the uh, the uh, uh, whatever the, it the, is. The, yeah, the the, uh, the, 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 the that you can, no. What I'm going to do is go to your website and click that link. <laughs> exactly, you're going to go to the show notes of this exact episode. <laughs> click you're going to go step one, step two, step that he said I've yeah. got to click well, on. Well, I mean, it, basically, I think the steps are form your LLC. Um, you can get your EI number. So, like, let the state and federal tax agencies know that you filed. Then make your S corp election with um, the feds, IRS, and then go down to your state government or, or city government and see if they have a license because you need a, a business license, and they may have an annual income tax. And how is he? Is all of this information? accessible how accessible is it for the average person who says okay now I've, I've got to do this i've got to do this i've got to find this i mean do you have to hunt it down do you google it i mean what what do you really well, do clearly how it's, easy do they make it it's clearly it's not easy because no business owner knows it like <laughs> like you you're a, a sophisticated person like you've been in radio and broadcast and you've been maybe you've not owned a business but you've been around businesses and business people your entire career and it's a sh- it's almost like um in my lifetime as an attorney, years ago, I I did a, helped a lot of veterans navigate and prosecute claims with the um, Department of Veterans Affairs. And it was astounding how little is known about federal benefits that are available to these guys, and men and women who served our country. It's kind of the same with um, mm. business. It's almost wow. as if the government has all these tax breaks available. But you got to figure it out. To know about it. <laughs> That's right. We're so awesome. We have all these things for you. We're not going to tell you where to find right. them. It's kind of like an exciting little Easter egg hunt. There you go. And if you find them, boom, you're lucky. And if you don't, we're still good guys. And that's why they don't like the laws of money <laughs> podcast because it's step one, step two, step three. Links are in the show notes. It's okay. They may not like you, but we do. Are you going to come back and talk to me some more about your next step? Oh, after you that? bet I am. Okay. I'm educated. I'm educated now. <laughs> I am educated. You heard it right there. Become well, I can't even say that word ed- educated right here on the Laws of Money podcast. How do we? Well, how do you conclude your podcast? What's your little exit outro? I thing? play music and I okay. say, "Hey, this has been fun." Go to mymichellelove.com. <laughs> Great show. We'll see you next week.